Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Let's bring in Alex Marvez. Uh, he's our NFL insider. He joins us an hour or two uh, every Friday all uh, year round. All right, Alex, let's start here um, before we even get to Jags-Titans because this broke last night after that game, which is the Antonio Brown text messages where it appears that he's basically threatening a woman who said that he behaved inappropriately with her. What in the world is the NFL going to do here? What have you heard about their investigation how does the Antonio Brown drama eventually play itself out here? Were you using air quotes on investigation <laughs> when you said that? I just wanted to make sure, you know, because obviously the New England Patriots are not going to do anything on their own, right? I mean, they can talk, you know, they, they leak something to NFL Network, uh, you know, as part of giving, you know, trying to give some insight. And, oh, yeah, the Patriots wouldn't have gone down this road had they known about that, right? But once they're on this road, of course, you can't change course. You've got to let Antonio Brown play last week, of course, against the Miami Dolphins. But this one is a toughie, and Antonio Brown may have really done himself in. I mean, for those who aren't aware, I mean, basically sending out menacing grouped text messages to a woman who had accused Antonio Brown of basically stiffing her uh, when it came to, you know, money that was owed. And that was the big thing that the Sports Illustrated story, you know, portrayed one of the big things that came out by Robert Klemko on Monday was the fact that Antonio Brown has this string of debts. In fact, a buddy of mine, Chef Steph, uh, you know, he's a chef. He got stiffed. Oh, you uh, you know know that guy. Oh, Steph Tedeschi, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's a character. I, I will tell you that. And, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a you know, again, he's a little bit goofy, but he's, he's a good guy, right? Yeah. And he loves the Steelers, and, and, you know, he really wanted to try to, you know, get involved with, with a professional athlete and doing something, and he got stiff for about $38,000 in a catering bill. 
You know, so that being said, though, when, when this article came out, and for, for Antonio Brown to send these text messages, you know, and, and there's screenshots of them, the attorney released them, uh, you know, to ba- basically saying, let's investigate this woman and putting up photos of her kids, you know, in these text messages. I mean, my goodness, what, you know, did the, does the NFL have any other choice but to act after they? I mean, right? I mean, and, you know, for him, too, to include his attorney yeah. in all this, and, you know, it's just... It's just a real mess. I mean, I think Antonio Brown this time, I, while the league, I think, could have maybe just said, look, this is a domestic issue and we're not going to get involved in this one. I don't know if he's given them any other choice but to act. Of course, a lot of people are wondering for their fantasy football teams, which is really the most important part of all this, right? Whether he's going to play on Sunday, and I don't know if the NFL acts that quickly to be able to investigate this and, and start with this with Antonio Brown again so that he doesn't play on Sunday. But how do you not act immediately? when it comes to trying to intimidate somebody who is maybe potentially cooperating with the NFL to try to help in their investigation by whether Antonio Brown broke its personal conduct policy. It's next level stupid by him. Uh, all right, let's leave Antonio Brown on the wayside and talk about the the uh, big win if you're a Jags fan, the unmitigated disaster if uh, you are, like me, a Titans fan from what we saw last night in Thursday Night Football. Uh, I tweeted out, uh, Alex, that I'm not the kind of guy to overreact, but I want the owner forced to sell the team. I want the head coach fired. I want the GM fired, and I want the quarterback replaced. Tell me, I mean, the AFC South. So let's just talk about this for a second. The AFC South, from the moment that Andrew Luck announces his retirement, could not be more wide open, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I think it's fair to say the Colts were going to be clearly the best team in the AFC South. Andrew Luck retires. Jacoby Brissett replaces him. That's fine. Jacoby Brissett nowhere near the quarterback that Andrew Luck is. And then Nick Foles gets knocked out in the first quarter of the first game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then the Titans manage to get run by Jacoby Brissett and by Gardner Minshew in the space of five days. Tell me why they should not burn the entire village down. Uh, well, I don't say why they shouldn't. I can just tell you why they won't. I mean, basically, John Robinson and Mike Vrabel under contract through 2022, and I don't see Amy Adams Strunk making any sort of decision at the moment. They're going to continue to play this out. The question is, first, it's got to start up front with this offensive line, right? And I know Taylor Lewan can't play five positions at the same time, but his return will help because then you can bump Dennis Kelly from left tackle to right tackle because, unfortunately, Jack Conklin is a shell of the player he once was after tearing up his knee a couple years ago, right? I mean, he was pretty dreadful. You had a guy at right guard who had no business being out there last night, journeyman Jamal Douglas. He was a turnstile, and, and Calais Campbell showed it. You know, that's part of it. I mean, Marcus Mariota last night did not have a chance. He didn't, and the running game couldn't get going. Derrick Henry, huge drop. You know, on a screen pass that would have picked up yards, put you in scoring position. Listen, and I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Vrabel's coaching last night. I mean, when they went for it on fourth and sixth at the Jaguars' 11-yard line on the first drive of the second half, you had an offense that needed some momentum, needed some points on the board, and you decided to eschew that and went for it on fourth and sixth, knowing how leaky your offensive line was. The play calling by Arthur Smith, four straight runs to open drives in the second half when you're trailing the way that they were. I'm not sure what that was all about. It was a bad night for the Tennessee Titans. Look, I'm not, again, and I, I agree with you. The AFC South is wide open, and that's probably why the Titans think they can get back to the drawing board. They have some extra time now this weekend. Try to figure some things out and get back on track against Atlanta in Week 4. They're 1-2, and two, Clay. That's the good part about it. And like you say, nobody's going to run away with this division. I mean, who do we really like? Deshaun Watson is about to become the first quarterback in NFL history, unless they shore things up against the Chargers on the road on Sunday, the first quarterback ever. Since sacks became a stat in 1982, to be sacked four or more times in nine straight games. 
can he really make it through a season and be effective if he does? I, yeah, I hear you on the Colts and Jacoby Brissett. It's a team that's probably going to be in it, you know, one-score games up, you know, throughout the year, and they have a kicking problem right now because Adam Vinatieri, you know, might be at the very end. They worked out six kickers on Tuesday just in case Vinatieri can't get his act together. And do we trust in the Jaguars for the long haul? I mean, and you know, the Jalen Ramsey situation is going to continue to play out if he's, you know, remaining with that team. Is that going to become a big-time distraction? They handled it great last night, and I got to tell you, the guy looked awesome on the field, right? Maybe. That was his audition to try to get elsewhere, but nine tackles, a forced fumble, got beat on that 147-yard pass by Tajay Sharp, but that was about it, Clay. So, I, I mean, I'm just telling to tell you, I, I understand how frustrating last night was, and I'm not saying that there's an easy fix on the horizon. I hope John Robinson starts trying to look for some offensive linemen, but again, you know, that, that's a tough situation, right? Do you call the Washington Redskins and say, what is it going to take to get Trent Williams? And continue, do you move Taylor Lewan to right tackle? I mean, I'm just throwing scenarios out there because I don't know what they can do at this point to try to get any better, better 17, up front. 17 sacks, by the way. This is from NFL research of Marcus Mariota through three weeks. That's oh. the most times that a quarterback has been sacked through three weeks in almost 20 years in the NFL. Oof. And it's not like he's holding onto the ball that much, right? Although Corey Davis is, I mean, you know, showing all the signs of being a draft bust, isn't he? Yes. I mean, just in terms of where they drafted him. I mean, you know, Sharp was good last night. Adam Humphreys, I still think they don't know how to fit him in this offense. We know how good Delaney Walker is. Hey, by the way, whatever happened to Deion Lewis? Do you remember him, Clay, the guy who was supposed to be a one-two running back combination, you know, with Derrick Henry? And I'm not saying don't feed Derrick Henry the football, but you can't find a role for Deion Lewis coming out of the backfield. I mean, the guy was pretty darn good when he played for the New England Patriots, right? And suddenly, after Derrick Henry got hot last year, Matt LaFleur forgot that Dean Lewis was in the offense and didn't, and didn't use him. So, so, and, and, I still, and I still don't trust the secondary. By the way, did Cam Wake play last night? Anyone see Cam Wake? I'm just wondering. I just haven't seen him. And it's not like the Jaguars were putting out the greatest offensive line either. Play, there, there is reason for concern, but this may be a division, like you say, 9-7, and 8-8. Eight and eight. It's, like, it's almost like the NFC South in a way. Who do we like in the South right now? I mean, with, do we still like the Saints and just figure they can weather the storm without Drew Brees? You know the Panthers are falling apart. Ron Rivera melts down when asked you know, some questions about Cam Newton, walks out on the Carolina media. You know what I mean? Really? I, I mean, what, what was that about? Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston's got to string together two good games, you know, something he's rarely done in his NFL career. And Atlanta, I mean, that was an ugly, ugly win. That is not a very good Falcons team, despite the fact that they beat the Eagles on Sunday. So, again, these are going to be some divisions where it's really going to probably stay wide open until December. I really don't see any teams running away with it. So your Titans have hope, Clay, just like the, just like the Volunteers on, on Saturday against my Florida Gators. Titans are a Titanic. Tennessee's already sunk as the University of Tennessee. They're already <laughs> at the bottom of the ocean floor. Uh, we're talking to Alex Marvez. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. All right, um, you were, were talking about a lot of different storylines, so let's go back for a second here. Uh, let's go to the Jag side. Gardner Minshew, what level of optimism should they have based on what he has done in his basically first three games because he effectively came in and played almost the entirety of that game against the, uh, against the Chiefs? Yeah, why well, a lot? And, and you know, part you know, look, Clay, and I, I, I hate to, to throw out some football cliches here, but I'm going to because you know my verbiage maybe isn't. It, I don't, I'm not that original, but I will say this: have you, he has not looked overwhelmed by anything. I mean, you think about this: you go into the opener, right? And Nick Foles is your starting quarterback. You're not probably expecting to play week one, first quarter against Kansas City. 
And yet there you are, right? Because Foles gets banged up by Chris Jones, and suddenly you're thrown in there. And, and the guy didn't wet the bed. He did. He was pretty okay. Last week against Houston on Sunday, you know, a lot of times, you know, first read not there, tuck and run. But he didn't make the huge mistake. And then you saw last night that arm talent. Clay, the throws that he made, you know, last night, the D.D. Robinson, that play on the sideline, was great. I mean, he was dropping some dimes last night, and that's the thing. The accuracy is there. You don't see that in some of these young quarterbacks. You know, you try to teach accuracy in the NFL, like Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills, right? You try to teach the kid how to throw, and, and his completion percentage has gone up from 52.4% to about 62% this season, but I still wouldn't say he's a great thrower. There's more high-percentage passes, maybe, but Gardner Minshew's a great thrower, and he's not afraid to throw downfield. That's the nice part about it. Look, I'm not ready to, to declare him their long-term starter and say that Nick Foles is going to stay in mothballs and he's gotten Wally pipped when he's ready to return in Week 11. But, man, for a sixth-round pick, for this young man to do what he has done, it's really one of the great stories of the NFL. And a colorful guy, you know, and let's see. I mean, so far he's handled the attention really well. His teammates like him. When I've talked to them, they've said he's composed. You know, no panic in the huddle. They really like him. They're feeding off his enthusiasm. So maybe Jacksonville found a diamond in the rough and did it. Didn't have to tank like the Miami Dolphins to get there. Uh, let's talk about how bad the Dolphins are and how oh. bad the Jets are right now. You've been covering the NFL for a long time. For people out there who don't really pay attention to point spreads, it's unheard of for teams to be over a 21-point underdog in the NFL, right? The, the, right? the Dolphins going on the road against the Cowboys are over three touchdowns, and the Jets going on the road against the Patriots are over three touchdown underdogs. we got both of them going on right now. What in the world's going on with these two places? Well, a couple things here, and I think that the NFL, I mean, really has to have a talk about tanking. You know, I mean, and, and the Dolphins are doing it so blatantly, and, and I don't know if the answer is putting in a draft lottery for the two or three teams at the very bottom right. to finish there, so you're not guaranteed that number one overall pick and maybe this way teams like the Dolphins have to be competitive and have to put something decent on the field because you know that the draft isn't going to necessarily be the you know the answer to your problems and by the way we've seen teams tank and and it's not necessarily proven to be successful yeah you get a little bit better don't get me wrong but remember the Oakland Raiders tanked and you know it's taken a couple coaching changes and even now they still haven't won a playoff game since they made the postseason once and then regressed I mean, we've seen the Cleveland it's, Browns. Yeah. I, I'm not buying Baker Mayfield right now. Well, yeah, you know. to, to your point, in the NBA when you tank, it's rarer if you know that a guy's a stud in the NBA draft for him to come out and not be a big-time playmaker, right? Whereas right. in the NFL, even if you tank, let's say that the Miami Dolphins are out there and they're saying, hey, we tank because we believe Tua is going to be a revelatory when he actually gets into the NFL. We think he's going to be a Hall of Fame caliber player. Let's – it's still commonplace for guys to swing and miss on quarterbacks. It's like a coin flip regardless. So even tanking, if you get the number one overall pick, it's still a coin flip as to whether or not that guy's going to end up being a stud in the NFL. Right, and on top of that, if you're Tua Tungvaluwa, you don't have to go to the NFL next year. I mean, it's probably in your best interest, right? And strike while the iron's hot, but he's got another year of eligibility. Right. He can come back and, he can come back and play for Nick again if he doesn't think that Brian Flores and, and this Dolphin staff. And what gives anyone confidence that the people on top of the Miami Dolphins, you know, have the answers? You know, again, it's easy to lose games. It's hard to build a winner. You know, now look, my source tells me that, you know, the Dolphins were thrilled 
with what they got from Inca Fitzpatrick. Yeah. That they didn't they didn't judge him nearly as highly as the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not sure, you know, the Steelers may be a little bit desperate desperate to make that move for Minka because they lost Sean Davis, their starting safety for the season in a torn labrum, and they figure, you know, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Let's get this guy. But a first-round pick for a team that, you know, no guarantees with Mason Rudolph, that's, that's something interesting. I will tell you that in Pittsburgh, and we'll see how that plays out. But you're right about the Dolphins being dreadful. And now Josh Rosen gets thrown to the Wolves on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Good luck with all that. And the Jets, you know, I, I have a little bit more sympathy for them because of the fact that you've lost two quarterbacks. Right. I mean, the Dolphins, right, the Dolphins haven't lost any quarterbacks. So, you know, they just, they just have bad quarterbacks. In the case of the Jets, I mean, it's so difficult right now with Luke Falk and, and, you know, the way that Bill Belichick blows up these young quarterbacks and the problems on the offensive line. And I was talking with one of my sources yesterday, said that we have three areas that we got to shore up, right? I mean, basically, you know, they know that they need the offensive line. That's going to need addressing. They've got to address their secondary, and they've got to address the pass rush. Those are three big things that need addressing for the New York Jets, but they're not trying to lose games. Adam Gase is trying to build a winning culture, and he doesn't want that hanging over his head. That's not, you know, that's not the way to go for them, and they don't want to lose all these games. You don't sign C.J. Mosley, Le'Veon Bell, thinking that we're going to win a year or two down the road. So for the Jets, I have some sympathy, just a, a bad storm of things right now. For the Dolphins, not so much. They deserve it, and it's going to be 15 more weeks of, of the Dolphins going through all these things, you know, en route to 0-16, that just can, you know, ruin your future as well. Why do, we, why do players want to listen to Brian Flores? You know, it undermines him. It undermines the general manager. And Stephen Ross, I mean, you talk about bad ownership. Clay, I mean, this guy's horrible. I mean, horrible owner. Horrible. I don't care how much money he throws it at the facility, but he alienated players with his political stuff earlier this offseason. He can't get out of his own way when he talks to the media. I mean, he's just a bad, bad owner. We're talking with Alex Marvez. You can follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. You can listen to him on SiriusXM and read him. Where Sports Illustrated? I mean, is a no, I'm done. Play. I'm retired. You've retired man. as a writer. I'm retired. I'm done, man. That that was a grind, dude. 25 years of writing was enough, man. Yeah, I know the feeling. Trust me. All right, so best game of the weekend in the NFL, in my opinion, is the Ravens on the road against the uh, against the Chiefs. What do you expect to see in this game? Well, I mean, this is the Lamar Jackson litmus test, right? Yes. I mean, if the, if the Chiefs get to a lead, and it's fair to say, even with the Ravens defense playing well, but that, that offense, when you have Patrick Mahomes throwing for 274 yards and four touchdowns in one quarter, Clay, you've got to go back to Drew Brees in 2008, I believe is what it was, for any quarterback who's passed for more yards in one quarter. He passed for 293 back then. But, but to me, though, you know, if the Chiefs put up points at home, like you figure they will, and Shady McCoy trending in the right direction to play after injuring his ankle last week, can the Ravens keep up? I think that's the big thing. Right now we've seen Baltimore play against, you know, look, the worst team in the NFL in, my, in Miami and the worst team in the NFL from 2018, the Arizona Cardinals. Not exactly a great way to gauge how good this Ravens team is. We can get a better idea against the Chiefs. So if they fall behind, can Lamar Jackson lead a passing offense that can put up some points? That, to me, is the big story in this game. Uh, I saw you tweet out about to hop on the show, and you had a tweet from uh, Colin Kaepernick's agent or whatever else. I- I'm kind of over Kaepernick, uh, honestly, I but did? there there have been, uh, <laughs> or I think so. Yeah, did you know, about to talk no. some NFL? No, 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 no. I'm off the Kaepernick stuff. People get it. You know why he's not playing. We all know why he's not playing. There's uh, nothing. There's nothing new there. Nothing to see here. 
So is there anything for many of these teams that, that are – so we've got eight guys, basically, that have gone out with injury as this season has kind of progressed. What yep. are you hearing about Drew Brees uh, in terms of how long he's going to be back? And uh, so far, Sean, McVay, McVay, uh, Sean Payton has played his uh, cards really close to his vest. He hasn't told us whether Teddy Bridgewater or Taysom Hill are going to play. Now, could be because both of them are going to play, right? I mean, right. even with Drew Brees, Taysom Hill has been in the games quite a bit. But what do you anticipate in their game against Seattle? Well, see, that's the thing. I anticipate a really funky game plan. Yeah. I, I mean, I just see something really, you know, just offbeat. And that makes it tough for the Seahawks. It really does. And, and look, kudos to Seattle. Hard-fought victory over the Steelers. But let's be honest here. The Steelers aren't all that great. And Seattle, I mean, look, they're 2-0. and and so these wins, look, at the end of the year, we don't think back, and wow, that team wasn't all that great in week one or week two. But just how good is this Seattle team, right? I mean, you know, Russell Wilson's really good. I mean, completing 83% of his passes last week at career high on the road, that was great. But they struggled, and defensively, they're still looking for some answers. Now, Ziggy Anso returns for the Seahawks, makes his debut this week. He's been out with his later, latest rash of injuries. I think it was the shoulder once again and his recovery from surgery. So we'll see if he's able to make a difference. But I think with the Saints, and you give Sean Payton a full week now to game plan for the absence of, of you know Drew Brees, and I think you're going to see something wild here. I mean, I expect a close game. That, to me, is one I'm really interested in seeing. And, you know, again, the Saints get job by the officials last week. And the officiating, I know, Clay, we go down a rabbit hole and we talk about that. But, man, that Cam Jordan play and the inadvertent whistle that the, the official makes and calls a play, I mean, these are things that, that really do separate winners and losers. Think about how the, the fate of the NFL may have been different if Miles Jack gets that touchdown return against the New England Patriots in the AFC title game and how everything may be different at that point, right? The Patriots don't go on to win that game because the Jags are too far ahead and everything changes. Well, in the case of the Saints, that was a tough one last week. They needed every point they could get without Drew Brees and Cam Jordan got his play called back. One other thing to note, it's, you're going to see differences in backup quarterbacks who come in like a, like a Teddy Bridgewater who has no snaps with the first-team offense basically during the week or one for every 10 that Drew Brees gets. He will look a lot sharper this week, my opinion. I, I think the Saints may even pull off the upset in this, at least a close game. I'm, I'm watching that one very closely on Sunday. Good stuff as always. Alex Marvez, we will talk to you next week. Appreciate getting up early with us. Go Gators, baby. Thank you. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Last night's Thursday night football game, the Jags took a two-by-four to the Tennessee Titans and just whipped their ass all over the field. Nine sacks. That now means that Marcus Mariota, through three weeks, has been sacked 17 times. According to NFL research, that's the most times a quarterback has been sacked in the first three games of the season since 2002, 17 years of teams have not been this bad and it was a physical mismatch at the line of scrimmage can point to a lot of different issues in this game titans typically did what they do gave away points played like crap but ultimately this came down to the jaguars defensive line calais campbell playing like the greatest defensive lineman in the history of the nfl and while you can criticize marcus mariota as much as you want and i'm sure he bears the blame for some of the sacks nine sacks is just flat out inexcusable the Jaguars came into this game with their best player maybe in the history of the franchise having demanded a trade on a short week not sure if he was going to play they're starting a sixth round quarterback a rookie in Gardner Minshew because Nick Foles got hurt in week one of week uh week one of uh quarter one of the beginning of the season they're coming off a really tough late defeat against the Houston Texans on the road and they dominated and kicked the Titans ass up and down the field and from a Titans perspective in addition to the fact that you couldn't protect Marcus Mariota I don't know what else you can say except this team is a failure decision by Andrew Luck to retire opens up the AFC South in a massive way The Titans get insanely fortunate 
in their first two division games instead of going up against Andrew Luck and the Colts, who have beaten them 11 straight times, they get to go against Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. What do they do? Choke away a fourth-quarter lead and lose. Then, a few days later, they get to go down to Jacksonville, and they get fortunate to play on the road. Instead of against Nick Foles, a $22 million-a-year quarterback, they get to play against a sixth-round draft pick in Gardner Minshew, who's never won an NFL game before. And what do they do? They get whipped. So I don't know what you can say. This I, I know bad football teams. Unfortunately, I've had to watch a lot of them. Despite the fact that the Titans won week one against the Browns, this is a 4-12 and football team. I'm here to tell you. It's a 4-12 and football team, and the Titans are going to have to look back at the end of the season and say what went wrong. I think they lose to uh, the, the Falcons on next Sunday. If you look at their schedule going forward, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that things are going to get worse before they get better. And I don't even know that they're going to get better at all. But if you look at this Titans schedule, I think there's a good chance the Titans are sitting at 1-6 and six after their first seven games. And effectively, the season's over. And then the question becomes, what in the world are you doing with the GM? What are you doing with the head coach? And why is Marcus Mariota in year five taking more sacks than has ever happened in the last 17 years of NFL football. He dropped back to pass 40 times and he either got sacked or hit on 18 of those pass attempts. That's unbelievable. Almost a 50% hit or sack rate on your quarterback when he drops back to pass. And then the special teams are so incompetent, Adoree Jackson can't handle a, a simple uh, punt and gives away seven points to start this game. Mike Vrabel makes a really questionable decision on fourth and six to go for it down 14 nothing. Again, this is systematic. It's symptomatic. There are large issues associated with everything uh, with the Titans right now. They went out and tried to make moves on the offensive side of the ball, and they've all blown up in a disastrous way. And ultimately, the offensive line is pure trash. I, I don't have a good solution for the Titans, but this is a year, if any, that you should be able to compete in the AFC South, and now they've started 0-2 in the division, and I think in the next couple of weeks they'll be officially done, and you can ring them up and count them out. So that is where the Titans are right now. I'm not sure what's going to happen with the Jags. I think if you watched the uh, the game last night, they showed Nick Foles quite a bit on the sideline, and it was almost as if his expression realized that he was going to get Nick Foles himself, that Gardner Minshew may come in and end up taking his job away. And if Minshew keeps playing like he is right now, and through three weeks, he's posted the best rookie passer rating in the history of the NFL. And effectively, he basically played the entirety of week one against the Chiefs. If he keeps playing like this, I don't know how you bench him to replace him with Nick Foles, other than the fact that you gave Nick Foles $22 million and feel obligated to pay the guy that you paid to play the guy that you paid a lot of money to. Um, Leonard Fournette seems like he's totally done. I know he had the one run, uh, but everybody's going to stack the line and try to stop him and see whether or not Gardner Minshew can beat you. And last night he beat the Titans and he got his, uh, his first ever win in the NFL. So if you are a Colts fan, I think even with the dumpster fire that is your relationship with Jalen Ramsey, you have to be pretty comp, pretty confident with how this thing went. You played very competently in a game against the Houston Texans that you could have won, and you took a two-by-four to the Tennessee Titans and really whipped them in uh, in the game that we saw last night. 
So I think the Titans are dead and buried. I think you can go ahead and toss some dirt on their grave. I think they're done as a uh, contender in the AFC South. I think the Jags, you know, look, I mean, you're sitting at one and two. You feel like you have some hope. We'll see what happens with the Houston Texans going on the road against uh, the Chargers and uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons playing against the uh, Indianapolis Colts. But I think the AFC South is not a good division. It doesn't have very many good quarterbacks. And last night, Mariota, frankly, looked like the worst of the four quarterbacks in the AFC South, which is saying something because two of them are backups. So that was my takeaway in general of everything that we saw happen last night. Uh, I tweeted out, don't want to overreact, but I think the owner should be fired. I think the GM should be fired for the Titans. I think the coaching staff should be wiped out. Whatever plan you have in place, it has blown up in your faces when you are the Titans and you lose in this situation like they did to the Colts and to the Jags in back-to-back weeks playing against Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew. If you can't beat those two guys, you have no hope of contending to ever win your division. So whatever game plan you've put in place is a disaster. It's time to go back and re-examine it. Uh, those are my thoughts in general. By the way, we're going to be joined by Joel Klatt, uh, who is up in Wisconsin getting ready for the Badgers hosting Michigan. That'll be the noon kickoff game tomorrow at Fox. We'll talk to him in this next segment in a bit. But let me bring in the crew. Danny G, what did I miss? What else did you see last night in Thursday Night Football? Man, well, good thing your emotions aren't running over. <laughs> I just think, Clay, I mean, I know you're really frustrated. Uh, and we heard Alex Marvez last hour trying to talk you off the ledge a little bit. Look, because of the division your favorite team is in, there's still a little bit of hope because you arguably have the best backup quarterback in the NFL. In fact, last night during the game, I tweeted that I never thought I'd be wanting a team to put Tannehill into a game. Well, Mike Vrabel said after the game that there was no that they were in no way close to going do, to Tannehill. Do you believe him? Yeah, I so, do. I so he, think... is he blaming the O-line then? Uh, effectively, Yes. I think he is. I mean, I think if you get sacked nine times, again, I'm not going back through and like Xing and owing everything and assigning yeah. percentage blame and everything else. But if you have 17 sacks for a fifth-year quarterback through three weeks, I don't know what you can say negative about Mariota. I mean, the amazing thing to me about the Mariota uh, situation, being sacked 17 times, is he still hasn't turned the ball over. Now, he's fumbled a couple of times and recovered his own fumble this season, but he hasn't thrown any interceptions. And really... He hasn't thrown that many balls that were close to being intercepted. I mean, the guy's dropping back to pass, expecting to get drilled on every single play. His offensive line can't block for him at all. And by the way, the Titans are sitting at one and two. They're going to lose to the Falcons on Sunday. I mean, I would put put almost every dollar that I have on that happening. Uh, the Bills, they might be able to beat. They'll find a way to lose to the Broncos, Chargers. I mean, like this is this is a bad football team. I know bad football teams. Trust me. Unfortunately, I've had to watch way too many of them uh, in the last 20 years of, of, of being a football fan. This is a bad football team. And what's frustrating, I think, is this is almost a dead ringer repl- replica of last year the Baltimore Ravens came into Nashville and sacked Marcus Mariota 10 times and beat the Titans 21 nothing. This game was almost a dead ringer for that one um, in terms of how bad the Titans were. And it's like everything, nothing changes. Everything just remains the same over and over and over again. And at some point, you just get fed up with the same reactions. And it's also a function of how wide open the AFC South is. I would just say, if you can't beat Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew when they're replacing Andrew Luck and Nick Foles, whatever game plan you have is fundamentally broken at its inception. 
you need to go back and burn down the village because you have no hope. Wow. It's the truth. I mean, look, people want people. Well, are, want, are you sure this time? Because last season when he didn't, I'm talking Mariota, when he didn't because of an injury, did not suit up for the playoff game. You came on the air the next Monday morning and said, that's it. I'm done with him. I retire on Mariota. He's garbage. He should have played no matter what injury because we thought he was going to play. We thought he yeah. was going to go, remember? Yeah, because he was playing for a chance to go to win the, yeah, to go to the playoffs. And he had practiced. Yeah. So we thought he was going to play, and he didn't. And at that point, you were done with him. Yeah, but so I think focusing at this point on Mariota is too easy. Yeah, well, yeah, your defense, they need some uh, of – they were suspect last night because the Jags don't have a great O line either. And Mar- they couldn't get Mar- any pressure on no, them. No, again, that's what I'm saying. Like it's easy. People like to go and say, "Oh, just put the backup quarterback in," but it's not like Tannehill is going to not stand back there and get decked. It's also not like Tannehill hasn't proven to be incredibly brittle himself. So again, to me, it's easy when you just point to something and say, "Oh, my team lost. Oh, let's go replace the quarterback." That's what's frustrating about this is I think it's systemic and structural rot. It's like the house doesn't need a new roof. The entire thing is infested with termites, right? So if you can just go replace the roof on a house, you're like, okay, everything else is great with the house. Oh, the water heater's out. Let's go replace the water heater. Oh, you know, the air conditioning's not working. Well, we can get the air conditioning fixed. This is like your entire house is riddled with termites. And when you lean against the wall, the whole thing might collapse down around you. That's what the Titans are right now. And so I, that's what I'm saying. I think there is structural flaw in the way that this team was designed. And I think it's a brutal, stone cold reality that you have to look in the mirror and say, what game plan have we designed such that when Andrew Luck retires and we get an amazing gift of Jacoby Brissett is now the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And when Nick Foles gets knocked out of quarter one, week one, such that you get Gardner Minshew, who's never won a football game before as a quarterback in the NFL, as the two quarterbacks that you have to beat, and not even beat both of them, just split in order to be in the mix to win your division, and you get beaten by both, you have to look in the mirror and say, how many different decisions have we made that have led us to this point where we are so structurally unsound that this is the result? And look, I, I, I'm not a failure, right? Like, I win in life. But part of being a winner is looking at yourself and accepting the things that you do poorly. Let me say, for example, if, if what is the equivalent of what I do giving up the most sacks in 17 years of NFL football on the offensive line, right? I always like <laughs> to, like, make that analogy. If you came to me and said, Clay Travis – you just did something so bad on Fox Sports Radio that no one in radio has done it in 17 years. And if I said, well, we just gotta, I just got to work a little bit harder to get better. No, 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 no. If you are the worst in 17 years at something, it's a structural failing. It's not like, oh, I need to hit the commercial breaks better on time. It's not like I need to have a better guest in hour three. It's not like I need to be a little bit better on my opening. It is that the entire show is rotten to its core. If you are doing something that is so bad in terms of protecting your quarterback that every other NFL team has managed to do it better than you for the last 17 years, 
then it's not one thing that needs to be fixed. Your structure is unsound. It's riddled with termites. And you got to look yourself in the mirror and figure out why that's the case. And to me, it's the plan. Whatever game plan you have implemented is an unmitigated, disastrous failure. It would be like if you talked lacrosse for 17 minutes and dropped three F-bombs during the 17 minutes. Yeah, but even if I did that, we'd be able to look at it and be like, oh, that was just one segment that was wrong. I guess maybe instead of, like, this is like us getting the monthlies for September, and I have 17-year lows in radio, national radio across the country. That's what giving up all these sacks is like. And the structural failure of it. Like, for instance, the, 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 there are reasons you can point to why teams stink, right? Like, let's use the Dolphins, for example. The Dolphins stink because they are trying to stink. You can agree or disagree with their plan, but it seems clear to me that the Dolphin plan is we are going to have the overall number one pick in the NFL draft, and we're going to go get Tua Tagovailoa. We believe that he is so good at quarterback that it's worth stinking this year, adding a bunch of draft picks, going to get him at quarterback, and we're going to be good for the next 10 to 12 years because that's how much we believe in him. You may not agree with that decision, but that is the Dolphin plan. There is a method to their madness. The Jets stink right now. They are awful. But if you look at it structurally, you can say, well, our starting quarterback, who we think is going to be really good, got mono. That sucks. Man, we can't really control that our young quarterback got the kissing disease. And then our backup got his uh, ankle blown up, and he's out now, and we're on our third-string quarterback. We're going to have to take the lumps because of the awfulness that has befallen us from a luck perspective. The overall structure of their game plan may or may not be in question. To me, your number one goal when you are in an NFL team, is to win your division. Because you can't really control a lot of other things, but if you win your division, you host a home playoff game. So the Titans and every other NFL team out there has to devise a game plan predicated on winning their division. I don't know if you are looking at these results. You can't beat Jacoby Brissett. Nothing against Jacoby Brissett, but he is a pale approximation of the talent that Andrew Luck brings to bear. Every single Colts fan out there who was booing when Andrew Luck retired was doing it because they knew how good Andrew Luck was. The Colts are a prohibitive favorite to win the division, and then their quarterback decides to retire. That's a huge benefit to the Texans, to the Jags, and to the Titans. Then, the $22 million quarterback that the Jags have brought in to lead them back to respectability to replace Blake Bortles gets knocked out in quarter one, week one. And they have to go with a sixth-round draft pick who is never won an NFL game in his career. And so the Titans are sitting there saying, if we beat Jacoby Brissett and we beat Gardner Minshew, we've got a tremendous lead in this division. And even if we don't beat both of them, if we just beat one of the two of them, We're in pretty good shape after three weeks in this division. And what do they do? They lose to both. That's a structural failure. They give up the most sacks in 17 years. No matter what you do for a living, if you're so bad at what you do that you've done something that has never happened in your field of work in 17 years, despite the fact that a lot of other people are doing it too, 
you have failed. You need to stare into the mirror and figure out why structurally what you're doing is unsound and broken. And I'm willing to do that. I self-assess all the time. And if you do a good job of that, you win. You address your flaws. You try to get better. I do this all the time in my career. And if you're making bad decisions, you go back to the drawing board and you adjust what you're doing. The Titan game plan is structurally broken. I don't have, I can't think of a single positive thing that came out of last night's game. Not one. Not one positive. And so, to me, you go right to the top. People want to focus on the quarterback, but again, that's an easy, lazy answer. Oh, just replace the quarterback. That's not the answer. The answer is your game plan is structurally unsound. Your house is riddled with termites. You don't need a new water here. You need to burn the entire house down and start over. And I think that's where the Titans are. And it sucks, but they went 9-7, and 9-7, and 9-7, and, and I think they're going to go 4-12 and 12 this year. And they're going to recognize that everything that they thought they were built upon was quicksand. And they have built a crap foundation and a crap team. That's what I think the takeaway is. Now, I don't think the Jags are in great place. They won the game. But the best player in the history of their franchise is asking for a trade. I could add more wrinkles, by the way, on why this is such a bad loss for the Titans. I think it's a worse loss for the Titans. Yes, that a lot of times after games happen. It's a good win or a bad loss. I think it's a really bad loss for the Titans. Jags are still not, in my opinion, very good. And their best player in franchise history is being traded. There's clear dissension in that locker room. Everything for the Jags since really the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship game has gone off the rails. It's been a slow-moving disaster. But to me, the much more disastrous outcome last night was on the Titans side that's a game you have to win and at a minimum you have to split in your division against Jacoby Brissett and Gardner Minshew with your fifth year 20 million dollar plus quarterback in Marcus Mariota and instead you go out and you give up nine sacks and as a result your quarterback has now been sacked more times in three weeks than has happened in 17 years in the NFL it's pathetic uh, all right, when we come back, I'm fired up. I hate failure, and I hate stupidity, and I hate when stupid people put together a plan that leads in failure, leads to failure, and they can't figure out how to adjust it. And I think that's where the Titans are right now. It's frustrating. A lot of you out there know what I'm talking about. Like, you see people who aren't very good at their job building a plan that's not going to work, and you give your free time to watch them, and... Like, I understand. Like, if you, you wouldn't listen to my show if I performed in any way like the team that I root for performed last night. I don't blame you. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. The Titan game plan is structurally broken. I don't have, I can't think of a single positive thing that came out of last night's game. Joel Klatt joins us now. He's probably going to love this because I'm an utterly defeated man this morning. Joel, I, I just, I mean, I don't know why I watch football, honestly. I, I, I really don't. I, I'm close to just stopping to be a fan. Did you watch any of last night's game, Thursday night football in the <laughs> I was, NFL? I was traveling again, so no, I didn't. 
I just Friday. I'm, I've got to start trying to, I don't know, I, like watch it online once I get to the hotel or something, because every Friday morning you're beside yourself about something. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm every morning I'm beside myself about something. But here's the deal. All right. Marcus Mariota has now been sacked 17 times. Uh, I believe is the number, which is the – now, what's the number? What, what the hell the number is? It's the most sacks that a team has given up in three uh, three years. I mean, the first – so let me just start this whole, this this fact over, okay? This is how riled up I am. All right? So the Titans have given up the most sacks for uh, any team through three weeks of a season in 17 years, okay? That's incredible. Yes. So – what I am saying is, at some point, like everybody wants to, you know, you were a quarterback, everybody always likes the backup quarterback, and there's always like fans are like, oh, just change the quarterback or whatever else. But my thing is, your game plan, whatever it is, if your quarterback is being sacked more times than has occurred in the first three games of an NFL season than has ever happened in 17 years, going all the way back to 2002, structurally, everything is broken, right? Like, you need to stare at the mirror and just be like, whatever decision I did, I need to pull a Costanza and start doing the exact opposite of it, like back in Seinfeld days, because the foundation... I mean, I, I want to get your opinion legitimately on this. If you are uh, in the AFC South, and Andrew Luck retires, and you get Jacoby Brissett to replace him, and Nick Foles is making $22 million, and he gets knocked out, and you get Gardner Minshew, who I know you know well, but he's a sixth-round quarterback who's never won a game in the history of the NFL, and you have a fifth-year starting quarterback in Marcus Mariota that you have built everything around, in theory, and you can't beat Jacoby Brissett, and you can't beat Gardner Minshew, am I crazy for thinking that you need to maybe examine the fact that your entire game plan is broken? I mean, listen, protecting the quarterback has to be number one and one B of any game plan that yes. you possibly create. Because yes. if you don't protect the quarterback, you're absolutely screwed. You can do it in several different ways, by the way. You can build a running game that's going to protect the quarterback. You can build an offensive line that's going to protect the quarterback. You can build a game plan that can protect the quarterback by getting the ball out of his hand quickly and so on and so forth. Um, and then situations obviously play into it as well. I know at one point, you know, they were – well, basically the whole game, they were just down. And so once you're down in a game, the opposing defense can kind of pin their ears back and get after your quarterback a little bit. But yeah, there's certainly an issue of personnel and game plan when it comes to protecting the quarterback. And if you don't have those things, then you're not going to win. All right. I'm still riled up. But so uh, you would have loved basically the entire show because I'm ready to burn down an entire village um, uh, to uh, to save the kid here. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's. You're, get, you're ready to burn down the village every day. I, I do want to, except my own village. My own village is very sound, well well designed, got great uh, latrines, um, really well uh, situated on a hill to protect. My own village that I've built is very good. Everybody else builds really crappy. I, this is one of those days where I wish I didn't have FCC restrictions. I would love to have been able to come on today and say whatever I want without having to worry about uh, about cursing. Uh, but let's go to uh, let's go to college before I just continue to 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 burn down more villages here. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to where you are, Madison, Wisconsin. First of all, is your hotel better today? Oh my gosh, my hotel is amazing. We're at the Edgewater in Madison, 
right in downtown. It's an incredible hotel. This is maybe the best hotel I've ever stayed in. All right, let me ask you this. We talked last week for everybody out there who was listening about ghosts and hotels, but did you, like, was everybody else also of the opinion that the hotel that you guys were staying in was awful, or were you being a diva? No, it was... It It was was universal. Unanimous. It wasn't even, you know, like, oh, a couple of people. No, no, no. It was unanimous. Everybody on the crew was like, "Hey, this is the worst hotel we've ever been in." So how and does that ha- how does that happen? Did you go back and like uh, and and like much like the Titans have to readdress their game plan? Whoever booked the hotel, do they like have to look themselves in the mirror and be like, "Okay, this is a really bad game plan I put together this week." Who was responsible? Did you ever figure out? I, I don't know who res- who is responsible, but I can tell you like our crew never goes to that city, so I could we would never have a say. You know, there's definitely discussions in the off season about which cities have the best, you know, like where's the good places to stay. Sometimes it's just too expensive at the nicest hotels, which is fine because, hey, every company's got a budget. So that's the way it is. And I understand that. And so we try to find like the best hotel that that fits in with, you know, our crew's budget or whatever. And we had never been to Bloomington. I don't know what crews had been to Bloomington, but it was there was some disconnect. And, you know, someone just saw Holiday Inn. I don't think I said it last week, but, like, Holiday Inn and just booked it, and it was atrocious. But there's a wide here's for- here's But here's the thing with hotels, okay? Like, this is a foundational game plan for your life truth. Are you ready? Yes. New hotels, regardless of brand, are always the way to go. I... I I'm not a hotel snob and like, oh, I always have to stay in X brand. Like, that's not how it is. Because I've stayed in, you know, Hyatt Regencies that have been really bad, but are supposed to be really good. And then I've stayed in things like the Home 2 Suites that are brand new. And I'm like, hey, this is great. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's about like cleanliness and and being somewhat new. And, And anything else, man, just the dirtiness gets to me. You stay in enough hotels during the course of your life. And you just get grossed out by the dirtiness of hotels. Yeah, okay, I will say. So there I will you go. Say, That's a game plan for life. That is a good game plan for life. And I will say for people who are on the road a lot, the hotel, Matt, when you work all the time, like going back to a hotel and just having it not be a total crapola place does make you feel better. Like if you can go down to the gym and the gym is like a functional gym, or if you're in your hotel and you're like, this is kind of a nice shower, you know, like it doesn't take that much. And I will say this, there's a wide variety in some of these chains, right? Like, and it's not just the, uh, the, uh, like, because a lot of these places are franchised and you can have a good franchisee or you can have an awful one. Like, for instance, and this is not a hotel, we uh, like drive down with a family down to the beach, right? And when we get off the interstate, there is an area of, uh, of I think it's like Montgomery, where they have the worst McDonald's that's ever existed on the planet, right? Like, the kids are always hungry, (laughs) and, like, you know, it's time for a stop. And I have stopped, like, a couple of times in this McDonald's, and it's the worst McDonald's that exists in the country. It's in Montgomery, Alabama. If you've ever driven to Destin, Florida, or the beaches there, like, coming down, and I walk, like, I've had, because the location is good, right? The location is fabulous, and the kids are hungry, and they have to go to the bathroom, and it's time, and they'll eat McDonald's, and they're not going to complain, and dad's ready to just, like, you know, like, off himself if you drive your family very far, and so I've been there, like, twice, and my thing is, like, how hard is it 
to just not suck as a fast food restaurant, right? Like, just be moderately competent. Like, I shouldn't walk into your business and be like, this is the worst McDonald's I've ever been in before. And I feel like that sometimes happens with hotels, too. Do they have no quality control? Can they not strip the franchise name off? If I walked in and I was associated with those brands, I'd be like, yeah, we're firing you. You can't be associated with our brand anymore. It's, it's very true. When I walk into a fast food place, the one thing that will get me to turn around fastest is, is like that, that slippery, greasy floor, oh, yeah. like the cake floor. Yeah. You know when your foot kind of slips when yeah. you're walking? Yes. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to turn around and leave. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's not rocket science because you know who never has this issue? Chick-fil-A. I've never gone to a bad Chick-fil-A in my life. I've never walked That's in and been like, point. they need to pull this franchise's license. Like, they are so efficient. <laughs> well, first of all, it's not a franchise. No, they are. Chick-fil-A? Yes, but the Chick-fil-A franchise requirement, because I've looked into it, because I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Like, the three best businesses in America are, like, Apple, Google, and Chick-fil-A. It's impossible to lose money with any of those, right? Like, you get in the Apple business, the the Google business, or the Chick-fil-A business, three greatest businesses on the planet. You can only, because I looked into it, you can only get, like, you know, sometimes they'll sell, like, 20 franchises to you, right? Like, so there are dudes right now listening to us, probably, who are loaded, because they have like 20 Burger Kings, right? Like and I'm, and people out there are laughing, but no, you can buy like 20 Burger Kings and like it's hard to lose money and you have all these franchises and they start paying for each other and you use your cash flow to buy another one, all those things. Chick-fil-A, it's almost impossible to get more than one franchise. And you have to go through like franchise school. It's an incredible undertaking. By the way, I was under the assumption I, that one, we would talk about college football. That yes. two, we would that that Chick Fil A was owned and operated always by Chick Fil A. No, no, they they I, they may they may own and operate a lot of them, but they also have franchise. By the way, can you come back and can we actually talk football in the final segment? Yeah, sure. All right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Gambling picks. Central Florida wipes out Pitt. Michigan State, Northwestern, the under. Michigan, Wisconsin, the game Joel Klatt's going to have. I like Wisconsin to get it done. Uh, Tennessee at Florida. I love the under. It's my blood bank guarantee. I also like Tennessee plus 14 in that one. LSU wipes out Vanderbilt. Kentucky covers against Mississippi State. South Carolina, Mizzou. Mizzou big. And the over. Oregon takes care of Stanford and Georgia destroys Notre Dame. That is all of the gambling picks for you. Joel Klatt, what happens in your game, Michigan-Wisconsin? Well, this is such an interesting game, at least, you know, because of Michigan's offense. Michigan's offense has been really bad to open the season, in particular with this whole switch to Josh Gaddis, their new offensive coordinator. They have not been on the same page. Uh, I mean, it's just, They've been taking some time. Meanwhile, Wisconsin is the number one defense in the country in like every single category that you can possibly measure. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think that ultimately it it comes down to the quarterbacks because each team wants to run the football. Uh, Even Gattis out of the spread system, they want to run the football uh, at Michigan. And obviously Jonathan Taylor is going to be the focal point of the game plan for Wisconsin. So for me... It really comes down to when you get off schedule, which quarterback can make throws. And so far, Jack Cohn from Wisconsin has been the more consistent player so far this year. Um, and, and Shea Patterson has struggled. I would expect, actually, with the way Shea Patterson has put the ball on the ground with his fumbles, I would expect a pretty short leash. If he's not playing well, I would expect to, to see a lot of Dylan McCaffrey who is the younger brother of Christian McCaffrey for people who might not be that familiar with him uh, and as a big-time quarterback recruit. All right, let's go to uh, the Georgia-Notre Dame game. I think Georgia yeah. is just going to crush them. What do you think? Well, it's it's one of those like terrible matchups. I don't think Georgia is 20 points better than Notre Dame, but I think that they might beat them by 20 
because of the specific areas where these teams have success and, and where they struggle. Um, Notre Dame specifically has been struggling against the run this year. Um, they've had some big runs put up against them. Louisville, they were not great. They averaged uh, Louisville averaged over five yards per carry. It just it, it wasn't solid and hasn't been solid. Their tackling at the second level has not been what you needed to be. Meanwhile, Georgia is the best running team in the SEC. This is a team that's averaging over eight yards per carry, Clay, and and 280, I think, six yards uh, per game. So Georgia is uniquely suited to exploit exactly what Notre Dame struggles with. And that's why I think Georgia is going to handily win this game. And then, obviously, the narrative is going to continue about Notre Dame not being great against good teams and the SEC is all-powerful and so on and so forth. And while I wouldn't buy into both of those narratives, I, I do think that this matchup is really bad for the Fighting Irish. What's going on with USC and UCLA? I mean, what do you think happens with Clay Helton in Utah? That's a game that's on FS1, I believe, tonight uh, with yeah, Utah tonight. traveling into L.A. And then UCLA is just awful. I mean, how would you break down L.A. college for, uh, football uh, right now? I know you live out there, and you're obviously familiar yeah. with those stories. It's uh, Both of them are, um, at this point, kind of a disaster. And I would not be shocked at all. Did you just see where Dan Guerrero, the athletic director yes. of, of UCLA, announced his retirement? That's something that all of us have been kind of, you know, uh, behind the scenes wondering and, and thinking it was probably going to come uh, fairly soon. Dan's been a great athletic director for a long time. And he thought that this was going to be kind of like his best move, his last best move. I was going to get Chip Kelly, set the program on the right track, and then retire. But it hasn't happened. And what you're going to have now is that you're going to have Dan Guerrero retire, and SC's frankly, got to hire somebody. Someone's going to have to. Well, well, and frankly, somebody's going to have to fire Chip at some point. I'm not saying that you should, and maybe he can get it turned around. But if it continues to go like this, and you can't put people in the seats, you know, at some point it starts costing you more money to keep your coach than it does uh, to make to make a change. Meanwhile, USC's looking for an athletic director. So now you got both of these schools looking for an athletic director. Um, you've got both of their marquee programs, UCLA in basketball, USC in football, that have been struggling on the national stage. Um, it's, it's not a good deal, man. i got to tell you, they, they have really struggled. And because of that, that's why the conference has struggled. Okay, narratives when it comes to conference has to do with your main brand. And if your main brand is doing fine, then everything is fine. That's why no one is paying attention to the absolute dumpster fire that is the ACC right now. Because Clemson's there. So everyone's like, oh, yeah, the ACC's fine. They're going to be in the playoff, maybe even win the national championship again. But under Clemson, the ACC is awful this year. I mean, awful. I mean, for goodness sakes, Kansas beat Boston College. They are so, indeed awful. Joel, uh, have a good game. We'll be watching tomorrow noon Eastern uh, with, with Michigan and Wisconsin. This has been OutKick Friday edition back Monday with you on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.